Christmas, and welcome to Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. Across from me, Shane Bishop. My name is Mike Wooten. We are happy to have you join us in this episode, Eight Survival Tips for the Holidays. We all know Christmas events and family gatherings can be stressful. Drama wrapped in beautiful paper and adorned with a bow, well, it's still drama. But we want to suggest Christmas events and family gatherings can be pretty good, even wonderful. Like anything else in life, things will go better if you apply some common sense to your situation. Shane and I are going to give you eight survival tips for the holidays. Our conversation is based off of Shane's blog, A Dozen Pre-Christmas Hacks. You can find the blog at RevShaneBishop.com. Shane, how are your holidays going? Well, Mike, the, the first half of my Decembers, I, I kind of just write sermons. I mean, it's all I do. I hole up in an office and I write sermons. So I'm sort of like a, a, a monk with a computer. You know, as opposed to the monkeys. Yeah, Do you remember yeah. the monkeys, Mike? It was a singing uh, yeah, group. Yeah, I actually. Yeah, morning, I've seen hey, the hey, St. Louis the Zoo. I've seen. No, them. no, not that. It was a different thing. It was a. It was a singing group. Mm. Hey, hey, for the monkeys. You don't remember? No, no, this. no. Sorry. Well, it was a singing group. Did they uh, have bananas? <sighs> no. Okay. No, it wasn't like that. Uh, but anyway, I spent about half of my December <laughs> writing sermons mm-hmm. because I've got a lot of extra preps to do. And I'm sort of engaged in that. And then the second half of December, I preach them and uh, on multiple occasions. So yeah. some I'll write and I'll only preach uh, once. Some I'll write and I'll preach three or four times. Some I'll write right. and I'll preach six or seven times. So that's kind of my rhythm right. of December. Really busy month for you. Mm-hmm. Now, has anyone, like, have you gotten any Christmas presents yet? Has anyone thought about getting you anything for Christmas yet that you've seen? Maybe... Uh, today, did you get a Christmas gift? I did. I did. Okay, we, I'd love we, to hear about we it. We did a uh, office white elephant gift. Okay, today. were there with the monkeys? With the monkeys? No, it Just, was elephants. Okay. It was white elephants. Anyway, people were supposed to bring something. What? Something they didn't want. Yeah, something they didn't want. Yeah. So I got here today. Yeah. To the office, and I found out that we were supposed to bring a gift. Mm-hmm. So, you didn't know about this party? Eh. So I got looking around my office for things, Mm -hmm. and I found something. I have a a bathroom, Mm -hmm. and above the toilet is (laughs) a cabinet. And I thought, surely there's something in there that we could give for a white elephant Mm -hmm. gift. And sure enough, I found something. Did you even look? Did you just open into the door? uh, No, I I looked. I looked about it. I wanted to make sure it wasn't anything I needed. (laughs) So I, I pulled it out. And I found beside it was a bag, like a gift bag. Mm -hmm. And I just popped that thing Mm -hmm. in the gift bag. Now, the gift bag wasn't really a Christmas bag, but Mm -hmm. it was blue. And I thought, you know, there's that song, right? (laughs) Blue Christmas. I'll have a blue, 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 Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So I popped it in that blue thing. And then guess what I did, Mike? What's that, Shane? I, from four or five years ago, I have some tissue paper. (laughs) That's like tipped in like gold. Like Kleenex? Or no, no it, it's, it's a tissue paper. Like you bunch up and you oh. stick it in a gift bag. Yeah. You, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. So I got that, shoved it in the yeah. blue bag, and then I had the gift that was in the cabinet above my toilet mm-hmm. in my office. <laughs> Bam. I, I handed it out there, put it in the mix. Yeah. Things went. And then it was my turn to pick a gift. Yeah. Like, so I picked the very biggest gift because oh. I'm like a 10-year-old deep in my heart. And it's something... Big, it's got to be awesome. So mm-hmm. I was thinking, I mean, I had three quick thoughts. A new truck, a pony, 
or maybe something from my childhood, like a Red Ryder BB gun. Mm -hmm. It was none of those things. It was an old, used-up, fake Christmas tree. Wow. In a box. It was all taped mm -hmm. up, and that was my gift. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, the problem is I can't get it in that cabinet above my toilet, so there's no <laughs> way I could give it to anybody next year. So I said to our custodians, I said, I want you to take this outside and plant it in the ground. And next year, we expect to have several small plastic Christmas trees that have grown up all around it. And uh, we'll harvest those, and it'll be something really big for you, Mike. Well, that's the spirit, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> that's the spirit right there. Well, thank you. That's, Mike, that's what Christmas is all about. <laughs> well, Shane, we are talking about really Christmas parties or Christmas gatherings today. And you wrote a blog not long ago about... Uh, really hacks to get into Christmas. And we're basing this podcast off of that with survival tips for the holidays. Because I'm now at the, the age holidays. where anything I've written in the last decade would be not long ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I was your age, like, yeah. not long ago meant, you know, like, like you know, a week, two weeks. Yeah. Now, you know, if I wrote Ten. it in 1999, not long ago. You wrote that book not long ago. Yeah. That's working for me, Mike. Yeah, that was when I was in high school, Shane. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that something? <laughs> it sure is. Well, for many of us, we'll be with family during Christmas. For some, this will be the first amount of time we've spent with family for over a year. Shane, as we get into this content, is this a time for us when we get in this family gathering to air grievances, or is this the time where we should have those hard conversations because we have our family there and we haven't got to talk to them about this stuff? Well, I think what's really important to remember is that any family occasion is a great opportunity to take what little goodwill you have and flush it. <laughs> so I, I think every family gathering, particularly if you've got a little drama, a little cross-threadedness, you know, yeah is an opportunity for a disaster. And so I think it's a great time to avoid anything that could potentially turn into a disaster. Because mm -hmm. most families stop getting together because something weird happens, yeah. and then they feel uncomfortable, and then you yeah. play that out. It just becomes easier not to get together. So if you exactly. can keep things from getting cross-threaded, if you can keep things from getting weird, yeah. I think in the long run, that's the best play. Right. And what I've noticed is that if there is some type of conflict uh, like that that happens, confrontation, even if it's kind of out of the ordinary, you feel it the next year. You do. A whole year later, you're it like... Plays, oh. It still plays. And so to your point, if that's happening all the time, good luck. Who wants yeah. to get together anymore? That's right. About three years ago, we were at... Uh, Cracker Barrel for uh, maybe Christmas dinner or something like that. It's a long story, and it's sad, and I don't want to get our uh, viewers and our listeners weeping here. <laughs> but anyway, we were at Cracker Barrel, and I was with my extended family, and my dad told a joke. Well, Dad can kind of lean into jokes, but it was a kind of joke that involved screaming at the end and shocking the other <laughs> yes. person, which in this case happened to be my my daughter's husband. So he gets down to the end of the joke. Cracker Barrel is full, but it seemed like right when he got to the punchline, everyone was completely silent. And then dad screamed and then Pierce screamed. And it was so loud that everybody in Cracker Barrel was looking at us. And the manager of Cracker Barrel walked up to our table, Mike, and said, is everything okay? Can I help you with something? And I looked at her and I said, I wish I were dead. 
So yeah. the next year when we went back to Cracker Barrel, yeah. those feelings were still kind of churning <laughs> oh, in me, you yeah. know? I was thinking, this can yeah. go bad again. And it may go back to our conversation last time with Wendy. She said everything's bigger yeah, during Christmas, right. right? Emotionally, we just take things in more. And you think 12 months later, we'd forget about that kind of you stuff? You really don't. We don't because forget I, about it. Because I think it. holidays are sticky. Mm-hmm. And what happens in a holiday kind of sticks to that holiday. And so you know, it happened three or four years before Christmas comes back around. It's like it just <laughs> happened just, yesterday. Yeah, time goes by. So. But something really great happened. We went back to Cracker Barrel on Thanksgiving, and now just two years later, they allow us in. It's beautiful. Again, and yeah. everything. We can go inside and be seated and everything, just like normal people. Well, you new know. New manager. New manager. <laughs> yeah, things have really turned over. So Shane, we started with thinking about ourselves and not trying to have these type of conversations, going after people or, or bringing them uh, tough conversations up. But what if there's a family member there who is just openly disgruntled? So it's not about us there. It's that they're disgruntled. Right. They're unhappy. And you just feel like, you you know, you, you got to say something to that person. What would you do? Yeah. And you also can get family members that kind of just looking for a fight, you know. You have to remember, for some people, conflict and drama is entertainment for them. And then for other people, it stresses them really badly. So while one person, honestly, is really just amusing themselves, the other person's on the verge of throwing up and Mm. wanting to leave. Mm. So there's a lot of dynamics. I I know I saw a Christmas sweater for this year, and it was one of those Christmas sweaters that has writing on it. Mm -hmm. And the Christmas sweater said, unvaccinated and ready to talk politics at Christmas. Well, I think there's a lot of people who would wear that sweater, you know, (laughs) to their family gathering because they think any comments would be fun. Yes. But for someone else, it could just be horrific. That's a beautiful point because sometimes we think about someone like that may be dysfunctional. They may not be dysfunctioning in any way. They just think this is fun. It doesn't bother me. Let's bring it up and see how people react. That's right. And and you got to remember, just because some people radiate at high frequencies, other people don't radiate at all. Yeah. You know, I, I got noticing something about six months ago. I am far less interested in mass than almost everyone else. I have no interest yeah. in mass. I'm just uninterested. It's not a political statement. I'm uninterested. However, I am interested in Hall of Fame baseball cards of players in the 50s. Well, other people are uninterested. In that. Mm -hmm. And so I I think a lot of times we bring a lot of emotion into things, and it's really not as bad as we think. We just make it worse. And sometimes you just got to let a hunk of floating stupid just drift on. That happens too. It's a lot about knowing the person, right? Yeah. If you know the person, they're just trying to have Give fun. Give the you benefit can, of the yeah, doubt. Yeah, no doubt. If it's someone who's actually trying to cause problems, yeah. that's a different situation. Yeah, because some people got a chip on their shoulder. Some people uh, are chippy. <laughs> and then some people are just playing. Yeah. And I think you, you need to know the difference between you, those. But for the most part, I think it's a good idea <laughs> just to let things go. Yeah. So we're talking about being at these family gatherings. Now, what I found, Adam, that attention usually shifts towards the children. Mm-hmm. And I think partly it's because uh, with children, you're making sure they're not going to destroy something. But right. it's also because kids are cute and entertaining and innocent. It's fun to watch them. Are there any other people that we should be intentionally seeking out during the holidays? Yes, older people. Older people. Uh we do not know this Christmas who is going to be in next Christmas's frame. Mm. 
and sometimes who will be there or won't be there will surprise you. But sometimes it's pretty easy to predict if somebody is in their late 80s and they're not in good health now. It is quite possible they may not be at Christmas next year. So I think it's a great time to center attention on them, mm-hmm. uh, to ask them questions. Ask them about Christmases your family had a long time ago. Uh, I think uh, older people can be incredibly interesting. Also, maybe a great time to uh, get some pictures of mm-hmm. them with mm-hmm. the young people. Maybe even take some videos. You know, tell right. us about Christmas when you were a boy or when you were a girl. But I think valuing our older people is uh, something we don't do enough of. Yeah, we had someone who wrote uh, on your blog after this point of yours, they said uh, her name is Martha, and she agreed with you talking about the focus on older people. And she said, try to record the memories. Uh, it will be a good way to preserve the oral history of the family. Yeah, and I thought really, that was really, really, nice. really yeah. good. To do That's that. very helpful. Usually my comments are like, die, you gravy-sucking pig, and things <laughs> like that. So when I get... A comment that's actually helpful and kind. Uh, and people will look at my comments and they'll think they're all helpful and kind. And that's because WordPress has a hide and delete feature that I often use yeah. for comments on my pieces. Well, you know, Shane, what we did with that is we were looking for a positive person on that comment. <laughs> that's right. And speaking of people to look for, who, should, who else should we be looking for in the room during the holidays? Positive people are one of those uh, that we should be looking for, right? Yeah, I, I think we want to look at people who who give energy. And and better yet, maybe be somebody who gives energy. Mm. I have an aunt. Her, her name is Aunt Sue. And Aunt Sue has a gift. She can make anybody feel like a million bucks. She just has that ability. She'll, she'll oh my gosh, don't you look so handsome today? Or, oh, my. And and just has this gift of making people feel great about themselves. Insecure people will always try to make themselves bigger in your eyes. But secure people will always cast attention to others. We're always trying to make others bigger. And so I, I always think, you know, I can go to a party and, uh, and I can say, well, my goal is to let everybody know how that I'm the smartest guy in the room. That's one agenda. Hmm. Another agenda is to make everyone else there feel like they're the smartest person in the room. Yeah. And positive people uh, give you that. That's why people love yeah. positive people. They, yeah. they blow in. They're like a fresh yeah. breeze. I would say they're like human air fresheners, yeah. which would mean negative people would be sort of the opposite. You know, I have the young children right now, eight and six years old, and I have to find that I have to make myself a positive person. And here's yeah. what I mean, is that I'm always watching them, and I'm thinking they're doing about everything wrong when sure. we're with family. They're going to break this. They shouldn't have said that. They're not listening to their mom and all that. But you know what I've had to do is just chill out and be more. This is special time with their family. That's right. And yeah, this we couldn't have this happen every day. You know, then these kids would be terrible. But I actually have to say, you know, need to think positively about this. And I actually let stuff go a little bit more so they can just spend time with the family. I used to be more the positive person in the room and going towards positive people. But instead, instead, it's almost like right now I have the breaks on positivity with the children who become kind of the center of things. So I'm just kind of... uh, Hands off the brakes and letting things happen. Well, another thing that I think is good advice is just to stay in your lane. You know, one of the things I always do when I've got family over is just decide where my lane is. 
so let's say a grandchild is, is acting up. It doesn't happen nearly as much now. My grandchildren are older. But let's say one of the grandchildren were acting up. Melissa would sometimes say, my wife, she would sometimes say, Shane, can you tell the grandchildren, blah, blah, blah. And I would look at Melissa and I'd go, parent, parent. I'm a grandparent. Yeah. Emphasis on grand. There mm-hmm. are the parents. Yeah. Unless they're tearing something up, that's parental responsibility. I'm just right. going to stay in my light. And how many times do we get uh, bent out of shape because we just don't stay in our own lane? Absolutely. It's not my job to call your kids down. Now, if if I've got a $1,000 baseball card and one of them's chewing on it, I'm going to yell at them. But for the most yeah. part, uh, it's not my job. So staying in your lane, I think, is really important. Understanding your role. And mm. it may well be at your holiday occasion, your role is to spread a little sunshine. Yeah. And, and I hope your role's not to spread a little bit of rain. But knowing your role, staying in your lane, I think those are really important things. Shane, another survival tip you talked about for the holidays is to liberally apply grace, good manners, and appreciation. What do you mean by that? Be in a good mood, first of all. Just, just choose to be in a good mood. I, I'm convinced that people who are in good moods and people who are in bad moods have roughly the same days. It's just people in good moods work a lot harder at it. There's nothing easier than being in a bad mood all the time. There's nothing easier than being grouchy. There's nothing easier than somebody that says, well, I just speak my mind. I'm sitting there thinking any idiot can speak their mind. What's hard is to know what to say and what not to say. So first of all, just uh, apply apply some grace, you know. Uh, Just bring something good in. And then I'm really big on good manners. And you've got little kids. Uh, I think it's important in, in large social occasions mm-hmm. that parents do make their kids behave. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, you look over and somebody's spraying WD-40 on your dog and, and, and somebody's tearing stuff up and they're spilling stuff and they're tearing your house up. But the dog can move faster. The dog. And you know what? The dogs never really creak or make noise when yeah. they move. They're yeah. stealth oh, after yeah. you give mm-hmm. them a good treatment of mm-hmm. WD-40. Mm-hmm. But I think parents do need to make their kids behave, particularly if it's not your home. Right. And I think good manners, just just asking to be excused. Yeah. I think we would do better to go a little more formal at family yeah. things. And then yeah. the other thing is just being appreciative. Just saying thank you. Telling somebody that the food's good. You know, somebody yeah. made that. You know, I mean, I'm going to guess that you're... Family gatherings for Christmas, probably mm. nobody just opened the craft macaroni and cheese and dumped it in and stirred it and tossed it in the microwave. Right. People have spent some time with this. I think mm. it means something when you say, this is delicious. Right. Uh, I think those kind of things just add something really positive to holiday gatherings. I think also part about being positive is your next point is about help cleaning up. Shane, is this the mindset of just, it's not just about me here. It's about being a helpful presence at these gatherings. We we had a situation when I was a boy, my dad and his three sisters and then all their children, we all got together uh, for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I got to tell you kind of how it worked back then. The women folk all sort of made the food. And the men folk sort of ate the food, mm-hmm. and then the men folk went and watched football, mm-hmm. and the women folk sort of cleaned up. That was sort of how it worked, which mm-hmm. is a great deal if you're a men folk. <laughs> so they, they said in early Southern Illinois, they said early Southern Illinois was heaven for men and horses and hell for women and oxen. And, and I think that, that holidays can get that way. But I remember one year when I was a boy, 
my dad. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, let's just be real honest. I mean, my dad is not what I would call, you know, a, a stereotype breaker in a whole lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But, but dad got up, and while all the other guys were eating football, he started clearing the table mm-hmm. and taking stuff to the kitchen. It was like traitor, you know, <laughs> sort of like, what are you doing? And, and yeah. before long, it's kind of like, first it's sort of like, what are you doing? And then it's like, you're making us look bad. And then it was like, crap, we probably ought to help too. And honestly, that sort of changed the dynamic. Mm. Sometimes mm. at a holiday, uh, everybody just leaves and they just leave the mess. And whoever yeah. probably made it is now yeah. left to clean it up. Right. But if you just become that first person that at least takes your uh, dirty plate to the kitchen, yeah. if you're that first person that asks to help, I, I think... That can sort of set inertia in movement, in motion. I think it's a positive thing. Probably take some stress off of those uh, people who are hosting and make them want to do it again the next yeah. year. Yeah. I mean, did it ever occur to anyone that, uh, you know, maybe the person that hosted, that put everything together, that had to clean their house, that had to do the settings, that had to make all the food and serve all the food, did it ever occur to anyone that their idea of a good time now isn't to clean up? You know, I mean, part of it's just thinking a little bit, just being a little bit considerate about other people. And a lot of times I think if we can just kind of give the example, it can help. Speaking of being considerate, sometimes we have to consider children and their energy level. If we're not careful, we can put them in the position to fail by just staying too long. What are your thoughts on this, Shane? Well, when we used to take the grandkids out when they were little... We would always have at a point in the meal, we are now at the point of no return. And that meant we've now reached a point where nothing good is going to happen if we stay any longer. Everything will begin deteriorating from here. Yeah. Because we, the kids are no longer engaged. They've already eaten. And if we stay another 15 minutes, they're going to get in more trouble in that 15 minutes than they got in, in the first hour. So just mm-hmm. as parents, honestly, you have the opportunity to keep your kids from getting in trouble. You kind of have the opportunity yeah. from people saying, gosh, those kids are brats. Because yeah. a lot of times they're not brats the whole time. They were just brats at the end. Yeah. And you know, if the end of your holiday involves dragging three kids out who are all screaming and yeah. yelling, uh, and, and you're trying to somehow restrain them, that's not good for the kids. It's embarrassing for the parents, yeah. and it's a bad ending for whoever hosted it. So I think just put your kids in position to win and for the most part, I think you're better to leave 15 minutes too soon than you are to leave one minute too late. Absolutely. Put them to bed before a good Christmas turns into a good Christmas with a bad memory. Exactly. Well, Shane, it sounds like we can relax and enter into Christmas with some whenever we have good common sense. And uh, when we get away from the mindset that things are go- supposed to be perfect, would you agree with, with that, that we just need to get away from the mindset about perfection during the holidays? Well, perfection's an illusion. I mean, it's, it's our favorite illusion, but it's, 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 a, it's an absolute illusion. The best way to think about a Christmas dinner with your family is like a golfer thinks about a golf course. There are any number of things on a golf course that are designed to make you have a bad day. Good golfers don't always hit good shots, but they always manage the course well. They have an approach for how they're going to play every single hole. I think if you go into holidays with an approach, just with how we are going to approach the holiday, 
I'm going to be, <clears throat> I'm going to be in a good mood. Mm-hmm. I'm going to spread a lot of compliments around. Right. I'm going to be appreciative. We're going to control our own children. Uh, I am going to help clean up. I think those kind of things help us manage the holiday. And when you put thought into anything, you always get better outcomes. Amen. Well, we say Merry Christmas to you. And thank you for listening to Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. We hope that those you love and you have an incredible Christmas. We will see you next time. And make sure that you keep the change.